Hello, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Highlighter Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Icero. This podcast is where we talk about the best articles on race, education, and culture that have been featured in the weekly Highlighter newsletter. I want to thank you all for listening, whether you're new to the podcast or if you've been here since the beginning. This community is growing because of your interest and dedication. It's time now for me to introduce this week's guest, and I'm really excited. Today I get to talk with Aaron Brandvold, who teaches world history at Impact Academy in Hayward, California. She's an extraordinary teacher, a teacher leader, an instructional coach, and a fitness guru. I can't wait to see what she wants to talk about, so let's get right to it. Well, hello, Erin. How are you this Hi, Mark. Day? I'm doing well. How are you? Great. Um, so where are you? How are you doing? How, what's your day been like? I'm doing great. I'm in a little mountain town just out of Traverse City, Michigan. Wow. That's exciting. How, how are you liking it over there? Um, I'm really liking it. I'm sitting here right now looking at a ski lift outside of my hotel window. So it's beautiful, um, but I'm here working with a bunch of teachers from a school in downtown Detroit. Wow, that's great. And what are you doing with them um, over in Detroit? I am training them on how to do project-based learning. Oh, well, you know, for the folks who aren't into uh, teaching so much, can you explain a little bit more about what that is? Sure. I work with the Buck Institute for Education, which is a big PBL project-based learning organization. And we're training teachers on how to incorporate big projects into their curriculum. So they're doing less textbook work and worksheets and more kind of real life problem solving. Yeah, that sounds good. And like, I mean, I, I wanted to also ask you, like, um, why you, you know, why you teach specifically. It seems like you're, you know, a teacher leader across the country and you also teach in the Bay Area in California. Um, yeah, why are you a teacher, and why are you specifically a social studies teacher? Well, I think that I'm really specifically a history teacher, and I don't know if I could be any other type of teacher because I love talking about social issues and history with students. And I think that why I keep teaching is it's a really difficult job, as I think most people know, and I think it'd be hard to keep doing it if you didn't think it was really fun. And the real basic answer is I just have a blast every day with my students. I think that they are hilarious and brilliant, and I just think going to work every day is really fun. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. And especially now, you're a couple weeks away from the start of school. Like, you know, like, what are you, what are you thinking about now? I mean, I'm sure you're in summer, so you're enjoying it, but you're also working, uh, which a lot of teachers uh -huh. do over the summer. But what are you hoping for the most this year? Um, in this next year of teaching? Oh, that's a great question. One of the things I love about doing this work in the summer is that I get to meet teachers from all over the country and I get really cool ideas. And so it's really interesting to work with teachers who work with totally different students from mine or similar students but in a different area and just kind of seeing how they teach and how they interact with their students is always really inspiring. And I think every year I kind of choose one thing that I want to really focus on, and I don't know that I've figured out what that thing is this year yet. Well, it, I mean, there's so much, and obviously there's so much going on 
in our world. Um, yeah. It seems like you could totally choose any a, a lot of things. Um, yep. So in addition to teaching, um, in the intro, I was saying that you're also into health and fitness, and especially as a teacher. Um, you know, teachers a lot of times might not have all that time because you're all putting so much effort into your students. Um, can you say more about how how that got started for you and, and what you hope for for yourself and for other teachers? Sure. I think you really hit on, you know, my real professional goals, which are to become Instagram famous. Oh, excellent. Tell, tell, tell me that more. <laughs> so my colleague, Olivia Morales, and I started um, an Instagram called Teacher Beasts. So you can follow us. It's teacher underscore beast. And we were really, we were working together at summer school last year, and she plays rugby, I'm a runner, and we just started thinking about, you know, in the summer, we're really, really active and outside and happy. And then the school year starts, and it's so easy to just stay in that building until really, really late at night, to take grading home, and to not really do anything that brings us any sort of joy. And so we said, let's, let's become Instagram famous and combine, you know, being outside and working out with with really strong teaching and just have fun. So it's been pretty fun. Yeah, I follow you. And I have to say, though, that there's been a plank challenge. And it's over Yeah, did now. you do the plank challenge? You know, I did a few days, but you got up to an inordinate amount of time on it. How How did it go? It ended with five minutes yesterday was the last day or two days ago. Um, and it was terrible. Yes. yes. It was now, pretty amazing how horrible five minutes can be, and it didn't get easier, and I really dreaded it every single day. Well, it's it's just been so good to see that, you know, you have this teacher beast on Instagram, as well as, I mean, you're a runner, and, and you do mm-hmm. a number of things, and, and it's just so important, you know, in addition... Um, to teaching, there just has to be, you know, that good balance and that good health. So it, it's really great that you both have that personal professional goal as well as um, you're sharing it with other teachers. Um, the other question I had is that you find time to read as well, both books and also articles. You're a loyal subscriber to The Highlighter. Like, the first question is, how do you find time to read, especially during the year? And, and then why did you choose the, the Highlighter as being something that you would want to read? you know, over and over again? Yeah, well, I really, um, the honest answer is I don't know how I would not read. Um, It's maybe like an addiction or obsession, like I can't find time to not read, you know what I mean? Yeah. So some people have a really hard time fitting it in, and I'm like, okay, I can't read a whole book this weekend. I have to go out and do teacher beast things or other things with my life. Right. So I just love reading. It's how I decompress. It's how I um, kind of make time for myself. Um, And I'm a pretty indiscriminate reader. So one of the things I really love about the highlighter is that it gives me some really high quality things to read and issues to think about. Um, And one thing I really love is that I have so many friends and colleagues who are also subscribers that it gives us really interesting articles to talk about. That makes me really happy just because, I mean, reading is great and different people read for different reasons. Some people read Mm -hmm. um, just for themselves, and I do that partly. But the thing is, for me, I do want to talk to people about things. And 
Um, I'm part of a book club. You're part of a book club. But there's something missing around articles. And there's all this thing like, yeah. oh, did you read that? Or did you read that? And nobody's read all the same things that we've read. And and it's just great that you have some colleagues that that you might chat about some of these articles. And so mm-hmm. I'm happy about that. And is there one, though, today that you want to talk more about? I would love to. Yeah, I really enjoyed the podcast from This American Life that was in the last um, the last one that you put out. Mm-hmm. And one of the reasons I would love to talk about it is because I actually really struggled with it. Which one? The first, the first story or the second story? The first story about Homer Alaska. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about why you struggled with it. Well, I found myself really getting on board and it, um, getting with the guy and being like, yeah, figure out what the right answer is and do this research, and that's great, and I wish more people would think critically about issues before they made up their mind. But then on another level, in my head, I was like, all of this is just hypothetical because you're not going to ever have an immigration problem where you live, and why is your town so entrenched in this issue? Yep. And I have to say that as much as I like the guy, I really was frustrated that out, he kept on reading and reading, which was wonderful and trying to be open. But then, mm-hmm. yes, number one, it's not a non-issue. And then mm-hmm. number two, he ultimately went back to Breitbart, which right. he, didn't, he didn't have like the, you know, the basic sort of um you know, sort of like the lesson about how maybe Breitbart isn't necessarily a credible uh-huh. source. So that was frustrating. But I have to say, I was also slightly going back and forth on the guy, Brian Reed, um, mm-hmm. because he very much like, much like F-Town, which is, you know, which I totally listen to. It's, oh, me too. He's going, he's going back and forth from really humanizing, you know, small town people who are not elite and versus maybe trying to make fun of them. And in this case, I mm-hmm. felt like he was, I, I thought he was trying to be nice up until the point of, you know, he's going all the way to Alaska. And then obviously mm-hmm. there's no actual immigration. So I felt like he was almost putting down the guy a little bit. Did you feel that way or did mm-hmm. you think differently? I did, especially at the end where the guy says, you know, I went to this town hall meeting and I felt like I was doing the right thing. And then I was just torn up about it. And on, on the way home, I was crying a little bit. And I felt like he kept bringing back that point, like, you were crying? You were actually crying about this? Yeah. And I thought that that was a little weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, the one thing I did think, though, is that because it's a town that doesn't have any immigration and they were, I guess, debating, you know, a resolution, it really did get this thing about how crazy we are right now as a nation. I mean, mm-hmm. it really, for me, it fundamentally just uh, emphasized just for mm-hmm. some reason why we're so fearful and and also how anti-sanctuary cities are, you know, like how crazy people think that sanctuary cities could be. Because I think that Homer was like trying to figure out whether or not to be nice to, to people who were, who were other and mm-hmm. and. I mean, it, it just was very, very strange to me. But I don't know. I kept on listening. Like, it was like 30 or 40 minutes long. Yeah. Well, and I kept coming back to, he would say, you know, I want to be welcoming. And it was clear that his heart was was with empathy. 
and empathizing with people and being welcoming to them. So it was tearing him up when he was reading these articles that were making him fearful. And so there was part of me that was like, you know, what your heart is saying, you should go for that and you should go with empathy. But then it made me also like think to myself, well, if his feelings were saying I should be protective of people and I should be fearful, I would be saying, rely on the research, rely on the research, don't follow your feelings. So it kind of made me think about my own biases and decision-making processes too. Well, I mean, I wanted to ask about how you might use it. I mean, there's, it's like the highlighter could totally be used by a lot of history teachers. And, uh-huh. and I guess the question for you is, you know, all teaching is political. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and you teach credibility and you teach reason and reading and, and, and a life of the mind, but also you teach in social studies, you know, about the heart and like, how, how might this podcast, like, would you ever try to use it with students or, or what sort of connections, you know, could you, could you make here? Because the guy was not, ultimately he did not get to a place of reason and that's, that's not great in one way, but it's great in some way because at least like in some ways he did go with his heart. So I guess my, my, which maybe is not what I wanted him to do, but at least he went uh-huh. in that direction. So like, <laughs> how would you, like, what, what would this mean for your students in, in, you know, because they're like 15 years old and they're trying to figure mm-hmm. out this heart versus uh, heart versus mind issue. Uh-huh. Well, I think it's an interesting question. I don't know that I know the answer. It reminds me of in my genocide unit, after we learn about the Holocaust, we learn about modern genocides. And then we do a United Nations simulation where we say, at what point should the United Nations or should other countries like the United States get involved if we know that a genocide is about to happen? And it always breaks my heart at the end of the unit because I feel like I've built up all these empathy in the students. And then they say, you know what, we have enough problems in our own country, it's not our problem. Yep. And so I would say maybe a third of the students come to that answer in the end of the unit. And, you know, I just think it's an interesting question. And what he came to in the end was we need to protect ourselves, even in this weird hypothetical situation where actually no one from his town would have been in danger anyway. It's it's so weird. It's like, we have seen everybody has seen when we're generous we can actually do more and things can get better and yet when there's fear or when there's a sense of scarcity um mm-hmm. we sort of just we just pull back you know we say oh mm-hmm. we can't actually welcome more people because there's only so it's that capitalist model i guess of there's only right. so much and he got and it becomes this idea of it has to be one or the other right and that's like we have to look out for ourselves or help other people. We can't do both. And it's very interesting that in your progression in your class, you know, you build up the students, you know, they're because, you know, young people are very hopeful, but they're also a little skeptical with regard to, you know, can we really do anything? And, and you build mm-hmm. and build. And then with this next unit, you say that sometimes they pull back themselves. That's, mm-hmm. that's, to, that's totally interesting. Um, do you find that your students have, do they know about podcasts or would they listen to something like this? You know, I don't know. We have a, an 11th grade teacher that teaches a podcast unit. So they listen to a lot of podcasts and actually create their own, which is really cool. 
And I talk to students about my favorite podcast, My Favorite Murder, um, and how weird it is that I listen to a podcast about murder. Um, but I don't know if they, I don't know if they'd be into it. They, they kind of are confused by the idea. Like, are you listening to a radio show? They don't quite understand. Yeah, I think it's totally great for even speaking, like just speaking and listening skills with regard to mm -hmm. maybe it's easy, easy, maybe it's easier for me just because I'm an introvert. I'm, I'm driving to work or I'm running, but like they mm -hmm. talk for 40 minutes, you know, uninterrupted. So yeah, I, I, I always do wonder if young people like them. Mm -hmm. Um, what else on this piece? Anything else um, that you'd like to chat about with This American Life? I don't think so. I do have some questions for you, though, that are unrelated to this piece. Oh, wow. Okay, well, go for it. Okay, I've prepared three questions. Are you ready? Excellent. Okay, the first one is one that I grapple with myself as a reader. So as a reader, I feel very committed to reading and very passionate about reading, as I know that you do, too. So my question is, when, if ever, do you call it quits on a book? Like, do you I, ever get halfway through a book and it's just, you're just not enjoying it? What do you do? I used to. I used to finish everything. However, there's a lot of good books out there. So I stop mm -hmm. books. So it depends. If it's a fast book and it's okay, then I'll just finish it. If it's a book club book, then obviously I'll finish it. Um, the book club obviously. members are listening. But if it's a book that, <laughs> if it's a book that I don't totally, I'm not really. It's too hard for that time, or maybe I don't want to get into it. Usually, mm -hmm. I can tell in the first thirty to fifty pages. Um, and and then I just drop it. And I have to say, because I'm a Kindle person rather than a physical, it's easier. Uh -huh. Even though even though I've maybe spent the same amount of money, it's for some reason it disappears more easily. Yeah, it's not sitting there on the shelf staring at you. Right. Okay. My second question is: I know we've talked a lot about books that make us think a lot, or that we've taught in our classrooms, and are about really important issues. And maybe this is one of those, but what is the book that you've read ever or recently that has brought you just the most joy to read? Wow, that's a great question. I was, I thought you were going to ask, you know, what's the, the deepest book, you know, that you've read lately? <laughs> joy as in like, it's just wonderful and, and amazing? Yeah. Huh, that's a great question. Um, well... You know what I'll say? The first one that comes to mind, which is also a huge, um, it's a it's a huge favorite of my book club, is A Prayer for Owen Meany by John Irving. And mm. this, this is a book that is just hilarious. And the character is just so amazing. And it's, it's as if the character is alive. And, and it's a book also that not only I have read more than once and just sort of like mm -hmm. left out loud. And it's also a pretty intense book, but it's like a funny book um, with this uh, main character, Owen. And what I also like about it is just a number of the people in my book club have read it more than once. And it's sort of like something that we just always go back to. So I would say that, I mean, I just reread it about a year or so ago. Um, and that, that would be the first one on my, uh, it's sort of on my mind. I've never read it, so I'll have to check it out. You might like it. Yeah. Okay, here's my last and most important question. Okay. 
how are you going to celebrate the glory that is Mark Acero for your birthday? Well, you know, that is a great question. This is the birthday month. It started today. Yeah. And it goes. Are you a birth? Are you like a big birthday person? You know, I'm not. My my last big birthday was probably like 10 or 15 years ago. But I do like to make sure to enjoy. And so the first thing is, um, you know, obviously tomorrow, which is my birthday, there will be a couple things mm-hmm. here and there. I totally like surprises as long as I know about them. So that's that's a big thing. <laughs> uh, but, the, but the biggest thing, and I'll, I'll sort of share this, is that there's actually a National Mark Icero Appreciation Day, which is quite hilarious. And it's something that when I was a teacher, um, my colleague and art teacher, um, uh, uh, her first name is Jennifer. I don't know if she wants her second name to be uttered, you know, on this podcast. But it was, <laughs> she was just amazing. She knew that I was a Leo birthday. She was one, too, or at least close to. And she um, noticed that I was not so happy that um, folks on on staff one year forgot my birthday. And so oh. just as an aside, yeah, just as an aside, it was August. And just as an aside, I, I told her, hey, you know, everybody else's birthday is celebrated. What about mine? And <laughs> because she she knew that I was sort of shy, but also totally, you know, an August birthday. So for like uh-huh. the last, last 15 years, on September 2nd, a month after oh. my birthday, there's a there is a not so, I mean, it is sort of a large, crazy, weird event where not only do people from uh, various parts of my life come together, but also the fav- my favorite thing is Jennifer, this art teacher who's wonderful at Photoshop. What she does is um, she creates memes and, and altered images of me on random things. It's very bizarre. Um, so that that's how that's how we will be celebrating my birthday. So it goes all the way from August first uh, all the way to September second. Well, you deserve a whole month. That's great. That is one thing. You know what, Aaron? Thank you for asking me those questions. You know this this podcast is supposed to be about you, but you know, thank you for those questions. Yeah, no problem. At this point, you know, over over on the East Coast, it's getting a little bit late. Would you? Don't you have to get ready for tomorrow? I do. We start bright and early at 7.30 in the morning. It's my last session with these teachers, and then I'm getting a massage and flying on three different airplanes back to the Bay to start work on Thursday. Well, I am very excited that you're coming back to the Bay. Uh, Your school is totally excited. I can't wait to to see you again and just to sort of chat more about your summer and then just to get ready for this year. I just... I really, really appreciate um, your your being on the podcast and being a loyal subscriber to The Highlighter. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Have a great night. And uh, you know what? The next issue is coming out in just a few days, so hopefully you'll see it at 9, 10 a.m. Fantastic. Thanks, Mark. Have a great night. I want to thank Erin again for a great interview. Wasn't she great? I think Erin's pretty great. Well, that's almost it for this episode of the Highlighter Podcast. But before I go, I want to encourage you to subscribe to the Highlighter Newsletter, which comes out every Thursday at 9, 10 a.m. All you need to do is go to this address and sign up. It's j.mp slash the highlighter. It's all one word, j.mp 
slash the highlighter. Every week I highlight four or so of the best articles on race, education, and culture. Hope to see you over there on the newsletter, and until next episode, have a great week.